Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your host of the House of Hardcore podcast, Tommy Dreamer! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the House of Hardcore podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Dreamer. And I know um, I haven't been around, but as a lot of you know, uh, my mom had passed away, so I couldn't be doing the podcast, uh, just been was tending to her. But now we're back, and I'm back with one of my favorite people and someone that I kind of consider my giant son. So uh, Big Con, Con, Connor, whatever the hell your name is, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? <laughs> Oh, thank you for having me, Tommy. Oh, my goodness. Hell of an introduction. <laughs> and that mother passed away. Sympathy, you know? Oh, um, it's just stop. <laughs> it's, 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 oh, I'm so I feel terrible about that as it is like, you know, uh, I can't well, imagine for everybody who knows Ryan. Uh, I'll quickly tell my story. My mom passes away a Tuesday night and then. From there, it was like four or something in the morning. And then I had to take Beulah to a doctor's appointment. She had to have a procedure. And then I went and I did Bust It Open. And I did the whole show Bust It Open. I didn't tell anybody. And uh, so then as soon as the show ends, I tell like Mickey James and the producer, because I was hosting the show, and everyone just like, it's all quiet. Mickey starts crying. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, it didn't just happen. She, I, She died last night. Like... I'm okay. I wanted to be around everybody. Like I don't need sadness. So then I went and went to t- right after the show, I flew to TV and a lot of people d- knew my mom passed away or didn't know my mom passed away. So like, you know, and then first off, people are all like, why are you even here? And then the other bunch of people, right. like, I'm just like, no, like this is where I want to be surrounded by my friends, surrounded by people that I love. And, you know, it's, uh, it means the difference to me. I didn't cry at all the whole weekend. I had fun. I was running angles who was going to interrupt my mom's 10 bell salute. There was a lot of things, uh, by the end of the day, I was winning the impact world title, uh, only in my head, but think all the things that I would have done. I mean, you're talking about someone who I booked just incredible to interrupt my grandfather's legit 10 bell salute when he passed. So, different times. I don't think we could get away with doing that, but everyone was awesome. But then also Ryan, like when he would be, or other people would be like, yo, why is this happening? I'd be like, you know, or like, well, what if they did? I'd be like, I don't know, man, my mom just died. And I just walk away and make people feel (laughs) horrible or like their problems in, in wrestling or like where they're discussing a finish and how come it has to be like this. I was like, I don't know, man. My mom just died. And just like be like, oh, really put things into perspective. So anyway, that is me. <laughs> and every time I would say to you, twisted. you would be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I feel horrible, but I also want to laugh. I do. I want to laugh, but I want to cry. I want to hug you. But like, I'm like, yeah, I'm man. so confused. <laughs> and then my, like I said, my mom's birthday was also fell on Mother's Day. And I was like, man, I wish I could have run a pay-per-view. I would have had so much sympathy as a babyface. I could have won the title. Like, just that's how you book things, bro. Real life stories. Anyway, I'm a maniac. That's my story. This is why the House of Hardcore podcast took a bit of a sabbatical. But now we're back. And like I said, we're back with one of my favorite people in the world. Um, All right. My first question I ask everybody, what got you hooked on this wonderful world of professional wrestling? 
Uh, yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, wrestling for me uh, has always brought my family together um, during the days of pay-per-views. Um, it would always be a big family get-together. Uh, my grandfather, uh, who is my hero, um, who obviously, you know, he passed away. Um, but we used to sit there and we used to watch wrestling together. And he had old tapes. We'd watch, um, you know, um, old black and whites. And it was pretty cool. You know, he uh, his favorite wrestler was Yukon Jack, mm. um, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. Baron Von Raschke. He would always talk about those two. Um, so it was, it was always around me, Tommy, like wrestling was always a part of my life. Um, I just never knew I wanted to do it probably until early, maybe when I say early, like probably like early nineties, then I really started trying to venture into it. Probably I want to say 97, 98 era, you know, um, but it's always brought me so much love. And my and anytime I think about wrestling, I always think about family and the bonds that it created for me uh, personally. Um, and it, it's just, it was one of those things, you know, growing up, like my favorite wrestler was George the Animal Steel. You know, this wild man who would eat a turnbuckle. Um, and I was memorized by that as a child. Um, and I loved Leaping Lanny too. I thought the coolest thing was when he would go out there and, he would throw frisbees. Um, I used to always want to catch one of those when I was a kid. Um, and I got, you know, I was graced to get to meet him and and build a relationship with him. And I found out too, which I thought was really neat about uh, Lanny was that he told me that he always used to write a different poem on the back of a frisbee. They were never the same. Um, and I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. I used to love Howard's introduction of him. <laughs> It was always so good. And there were so many times when I'd work in the office and I'd be like, and he has a poem for us all. <laughs> and like for a heel, it was also great. But like as a baby face, it was hokey. But oh, it, yeah. But as a heel, man, it's so especially like at a Ravis 80s wrestling crowd. Oh, it was phenomenal. You're right. I think should have been his spokesperson for all time. Because it was just so oh, out of like left field with that. Yeah, so you yeah. already answered my question about who was your favorite, who was your guy. So that's pretty cool that you also got to meet him. I think that's a beautiful thing about our industry is like, you know, a lot of times, like for me, Dusty was my guy. Not only did I get to yeah. like meet him, I got to tag with him. I also got became really, really close with him. And then you that's shared amazing. his bonds. And yeah. it's uh, really, really cool. Uh, where did you grow up? Because I'm already finding out things I didn't know about you. Oh, well, so I was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I probably lived there maybe about two years of my life. Um, and then moved uh, to Tennessee probably briefly for about a year. And then most of my, you know, pretty much my childhood growing up all the way to, you know, honestly till now, um, it's always been South Florida or the Florida region. So, um, I, I pretty much consider myself a Floridian, even though I was born in uh, Michigan, I was a Yankee, but <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I spent most of my life in Florida, so um, can't beat the weather, right? So. Yeah. Was your family, like your grandfather, your father, always big? Yeah. Uh, well, my dad was a very big man. Uh, my dad was 6'4", 400 pounds. So he, he was a gigantic teddy bear, and he was a truck driver. He used to drive 18-wheelers, uh, um, He's just so soft-spoken, so sweet. And my grandfather was a big man as well. He's about 6'3". I would probably dare to say 270, 260. Um, so I guess just a lot of... But the women in our family are really tiny, which is bizarre, mm. you know. But, yeah. But, yeah, dad dad was a big, big man. That's cool. Um, when did you have aspirations of, like, wanting to be... I mean, you said what year, but like, how old were you? How'd you go about it? And who trained you? Oh man, you're going to love this one. I don't even know if I told you this story before. I've already found out like you were born in Grand Rapids. I didn't even know that either. And I thought, oh. I call you my son. Now you're my bastard son. <laughs> oh man. So this is crazy. Like how it all started because how this, this whole venture started was 
I was really uh, so I didn't have the best grades in school, um, but I was gonna. I went to a JUCO, um, signed up for it. I had to do a couple years there, but I wanted to go to FAU to play for Howard Schnellenberger. Needless to say, XFL started up. And so when the XFL started up, I thought, hey, here's a cool idea. Maybe I can try to get into football that way. Um, so one of my buddies, he did some landscaping, you know, for, for a bunch of, he had a bunch of clients down in South Florida. One day he reached out to me and he said, hey, Ryan, he goes, listen, man, uh, I need some help if you don't mind coming out uh, and doing some landscaping work. And I was like, hell, man, I need a couple bucks. So, yeah, sure. Why not? So he, he knew what he was doing, and I didn't know this until the end, but I was sitting there, I was helping him, you know, we're laying rock, you know, doing everything. This lady came out, she was super sweet, super nice, and she goes back in and he goes, hey, you're never going to believe whose house this is. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, we just met the owner. He goes, no, you just wait. So, Lord and behold, Sergeant Slaughter comes walking out. Nice. And I go, holy crap. I was like, this is, this is Sergeant Slaughter. And what's funny was it wasn't because of the wrestling that made me love him. It was G.I. Joe. I was a huge G.I. Joe fan when I was a kid growing up. And so I just dropped everything, you know, and I walked over there and we started talking. And he asked me, he goes, hey, kid, he goes, you ever thought about becoming a professional wrestler? And I go, no, not really. I was like, I love it, but I never thought about doing it. I don't know if I can do it. So we should think about it. Um, and so he ended up getting me in touch with this gentleman by the name of Rusty Brooks uh, down in South Florida who trained Gangrel. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what Rusty Brooks. What's that? The cannon Paul, Rusty Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, he he took me under his wing. And then, of course, I branched out and met Soul Man Alex G. Where then I met Norman Smiley and then. You know, we trained with Rocky Johnson for a little bit. So it just kind of, it's like you said, like with the wrestling aspect, it just grows. You meet all these great people. And, um, but that's how it all started. It all started in the backyard laying rock for Sergeant Slaughter. Nice. I wish you would have came out in military garb and said, get off my lawn, puke. <laughs> with that big old chin. <laughs> One of the greatest big men in the wrestling industry. Oh, uh, just like you, a lot of people don't realize like how big you are. Same with Sergeant Slaughter. Like people don't realize how gigantic of a man he is and one of the best workers of all time. Heal our babyface takes one of the best turnbuckles to the the top turnbuckle belly flop. Like, yeah. oh my God, he's just so good. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, also, do you know that Rusty Brooks has scored a victory over one Tommy Dreamer? No, I did not know that. So has uh, Dusty Wolf. So has Steve Lombardi. I lost two of them all, bro. I've done a lot of jobs in my in my life. Yeah. Oh, I worked well, with Rusty Brooks in uh, oh, in the Bahamas and for the Savoldis, and I worked with him somewhere else. And he did one of the greatest spots ever, where <laughs> I was kicking his ass, kicking his ass. He bumped out. Uh, he went and he got out of the ring. He was jaw jacking with a person and then he rolled, like got up on the apron and like he told me like to like I was jaw jack with him and he went in to like duck under the ropes to like come after me. And he caught his bottom foot on the the bottom rope and that took rope. a face bump. <laughs> and I thought it happened by accident, but like he did it totally on purpose, like to make himself look like, you know, an idiot. Um, yeah, yeah he, he holds a victory over me. A lot of men, a lot of men have gone there. Oh, wow. um, and he was a great wrestler. He, he really, for being really was. big, right? Like you don't realize how big he is until you see him in person too. As yeah. another big guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could move like yes. really good for his size. So, all right. So now you're doing Florida Indies. Yep. How, like, what is your first break? Like, how do I, how do we come together here? You send me a VHS tape. Yeah, <laughs> it's a VHS tape. <laughs> You're old, bro. Hey, man, I'm cool with it. You know, I've accepted it. I'm all yes. right. You know, I'm past that now. Um, it was uh, it was Angel Orsini. 
Okay. That's how it started. And I remember she trained at Rusty's for a little bit. And I said, just one day, you know, I was like, um, you know, Angel, do you think it's worth trying to reach out to WWE and try to get a job? And she's like, oh, my gosh, I know Tommy Dreamer. She's like, put a tape together and send it to him. And that was how you and I made the connection was through her. She um, was the ECW prodigette. Uh, so, yes. Wow, I've totally forgotten about all this. That's awesome. Yeah, and and I sent the tape in, and uh, I'll it's I can see it still like it was yesterday. I remember you were trying to reach out to me, <laughs> and my and my dumbass wasn't picking up the phone. Yeah, man, screw this two hundred three number. These marks. <laughs> and I remember Angel reached out to me, and she's like, Ryan, what the you know. You need to call Tommy now. He's been trying to get in touch with you for the past two weeks. And I'm like, wait, what? And I had, um, it was an impact door I was carrying while I'm talking on the phone. And um, I was like, oh, crap. I was like, <laughs> I threw the door down, broke the door, you know, and those are not cheap. Right. And so then I called you, I called you up and I'll never forget this. You go, hey, dude. He's <laughs> like, what? I was like, yes, sir. And he goes, do you want a job or what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, do you want me to start right now? Because I just, I remember like everything <laughs> just, it was just so, uh, so it was like my life sucked so bad at one point. And then within a matter of seconds, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. Um, but yeah, I was on the job site when that happened, man, that was crazy. You I know. totally remember, like, because John was like, where's the big guy you hired? And I was just like, because now you seriously, you totally flash back my memory. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I've been trying to get, well, what the hell? And I was like, no problem. Because, you know, with WWE, as soon as, like, they want something, it's like an emergency. You got to have it happen. And I kept trying to get uh -oh. in contact with you, and I never heard back from you. Uh That's <laughs> sort of the same story with Davari. Davari would call me every three weeks when I was this. And yeah. again, for those I'm opening up another developmental and I was able to hire a lot of people who were on my radar. And so, and by developmental be like, I was the guy in charge of NXT and well, what would be NXT now? And I had OVW and I was opening up deep South wrestling. Well, WWE was, and I was filling it up with bodies of people that I, I've been trying to get hired. Uh, Davari, he would call me all the time. And then he got word from Ken Anderson that because I had hired Ken. And then Davari gave me his wrong phone number. <clears throat> so then when Davari called me, I was just like, hang on. And he was like, oh, my God, Tommy Dreamers never told me to hang on. <laughs> and I was just like, is this your phone number? And I read it back to him. He's like, no, you got the lot. I go, no, you gave me the wrong number. And I was like, he's like, I'm sorry. I was like, anyway, do you want a job in the WWE? <laughs> <laughs> it worked out you know how old were you <laughs> oh god uh i want to say when you hired me i was 20 well i definitely was in my 20s i want to say i was 25 or 26 i believe nice so now you gotta go i gotta relocate you the lovely mcdonough georgia and oh, training yeah. is on uh, and it's on deep south uh if you also think about it you have met so many people then that are still in your life today. So yeah. like when you said, like one, your life was crap. It got changed in a heartbeat, but then you go to this unknown place and it has literally changed and molded your life forever. Like I always say, everything yeah. I have in the in my life is because of wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, we, we were doing that show for Rhino and I had to, you know, there was so much I wanted to tell you that I didn't tell you. Um, and I remember that day we were at the show and I wanted to say something to you so bad. And I just was at a weird point in my life. Well, let's just fast forward that. We'll get to that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want okay. you to cry just yet. Come on. Now. <laughs> so I'm not going to cry. I'm you were crying, in the dub. <laughs> I'm the guy who cries. Um, you're in developmental. Yeah. And you went through not only Deep South. Yeah. Then Florida Championship Wrestling. With Steve Kern. Steve Kern, yeah. Did you do OVW too? 
No, that's probably the only one I missed them in Memphis. I think I you were there a long time. I think you were like one of the few holdovers for a long time. Yeah. 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 I was, um, I was there for quite some time. Um, and then FCW turned into NXT. Yep. Yep. So All I right, was well, real quick, uh, favorite deep South moment, Oh, not including Festus. Oh, about living with Festus. Oh my God. <laughs> what a household. Uh, man, you know, there was, there was a lot of good times there just to narrow it down to one moment. This is even a political answer. It's like anytime I was around Knox and Drew or Festus or Gallows, but like it was always such a great time with the three of us. Right. Um, I, I always enjoyed, you know, we always trained really hard and we worked hard, but man, when those days would be done, we got to really bond. We grilled, you know, we hung out. And I think that's what I loved so much about that. Looking back at it now, it was building those relationships. You know, it was not it, it, it like, I love wrestling, but it was so much more than just wrestling. Um, it was, we were building a family. Um, one of my favorite deep South, I have a lot of deep South, um, memories, but one of my favorite when it regards gallows is me and the Miz are tagging against Knox and, uh, Nykirk and we go over big celebration. Miz is like their top baby face gallows comes and lays us both out. And meanwhile, I'm his boss. I also hired him. He's beating the hell out of me and he goes and he like, and I was just like, you know, Hey man, you know, I don't wrestle as much. So like, please don't kill me. He's great with me. And then he's choking me. And as he chokes me, he goes like, like he's biting me. And then he screams on top of his lungs. I hate you, Tommy dreamer, but right into my ear as he's biting me where I don't know if you ever had someone yell directly into your ear terrible it's like a gunshot and you're like whoa and i had to like get off and i came back and i'm like like oh my god my ear is killing me my ear is killing me and he and thought he had heat because he's he it hurt so much he just straight up funneled screamed in top of in his in my ear i hit that he hate me tommy dreamer i was like (laughs) you're such an idiot why would you do that to me everything was fine i escaped an entire match unscathed and yet he pulls a festus moment with his boss hence why blows your eardrum correct (laughs) hey everyone i want to tell you about a very new product mango that's right they help men get hard and go hard that's right you heard it correct you heard me say they help men get hard and go hard There's this new innovative compound that will level up your bedroom game. And come on, guys, let's face it. I know we talk a big game, but we all need to level up our bedroom game. That's right. It's the NBA finals right now. The game is about to change. We all want to get that championship ring. So I know that it contains three FDA approved ingredients which I don't know how to say very, very well, but I'm just going to let you say one of them is arginine. If you've ever taken it, oh yeah, you know it works. And the other two, oh yeah, they work as well. Um, They are rapid dissolving tablets that hit the blood system and your bloodstream so quick for faster results. Hey, I recommend putting it under your tongue. It even dissolves it even quicker. And man, you're good to go in the bedroom. And that's where it's really all about. And even funnier, it's called Mango but they also have its mango flavored. Oh, what do you mean? Call the hotline. I'm going to be rocking it in bed. They're individually packaged for on-the-go situations. Uh, it's 100% online with a free doctor visit. It also comes in discreet packages so your neighbor doesn't have to be like, hey, what'd you get there? Or your Amazon guy or whoever's delivering your stuff. Just like, hey, go away. I want to have better lovemaking skills. There's no subscription required for a tryout. For mangoes. Now, here we go. That's right. You go to mangorx.com. That's M A N G O R X.com and use the promo code GAS15. And our listeners from the House of Hardcore, they receive 15% off your first order. That's right. Use the promo code GAS15 for 15% off 
on your first order and tell them that the House of Hardcore podcast sent you. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, <laughs> all right. So then we go to FCW slash NXT and where NXT was is really where you begin to shine um, and show your talent and your ability. Uh, it's also cool that like you also like now, you know, you, you start to know Norman already and then Norman is in the developmental system, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really cool. It's, it's familiar, familiar alarity. Um, so you really, really begin to get your feet wet in the system. But like, I mean, this is seriously where you and your partner, how did this, how did you and him come together? How did all this like start? We're kind of like, I will get to two parts of it. Uh, yeah. So, I'll just go all the way back to how it originally started with the Ascension. Um, how it all originally started was, I remember it was NXT season five. It was the, you know, the get voted off NXT version. Um, and I remember uh, I got voted off. I was really upset. And I remember Bill DeMott uh, texted me and said, hey, come in tomorrow. We've got, you know, an idea for you. And so, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, this sounds great. I'll see you tomorrow. So flew in, went straight to practice. And um, Ricardo was there. And Ricardo had this group of people. It was uh, Ricardo, Tito, Shaw, myself, uh, Tom, Latimer. Um, and I just looked at all of us and I said, well, could this clearly indicate that nobody's got or nobody knows anything to do with us? <laughs> like, I was like, just none of this even looks right to me, you know? And um, and I remember Ricardo had to go away. He had, they had TV that week on the West Coast. And I remember uh, texting Ricardo, hey, we got promos today with Dream. What is it that you want us to talk about? Because he was when playing. When you say the Ricardo, is that um, Alberto Del Rio? Del Rio. Manager? Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. This was his entire vision, and the vision of the the ascension was all these chakras and everything. So I was like, okay, cool, you know. Um, so I, I, anyways, I texted him and I said, hey, Ricardo, what do you wanna, what do you want us to talk about? He goes, talk about the ascension and what it means to you. So I was like, okay, cool. So I told everybody to wear black. And so I just sent a mass textile. Let's all wear black. Let's talk about what the Ascension is and what it means to us. So we go there and I don't know what it was, but I saw a, like this vision hit me where I was, okay, well, Shaw's in the group. Shaw's the female. We put the female up front. She's the eye candy. We start just staggering everybody in different places. So it looks like we're spread out. So we all each set a line, boom, 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 boom. Shaw hits, we are the Ascension and we will rise out dream comes out and he goes Tama, baby come here <laughs> it's like oh man i'm i really screwed the pooch on this one right that's what i'm thinking and so i go there and he goes i want you to watch this back and look at how this looks on tv and i remember watching it and i was like wow this looks really cool and he goes what does it make you think of and i go i don't know and he goes it makes me think of vampires and I was like, oh, cool. I was like, yeah, I could see that. And um, he's like, what's that one called? Uh, and Shaw goes, True Blood. He goes, yeah, True Blood. And he goes, uh, I'll never forget this. He goes, Ricardo's out. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Wow. So I got Ricardo kicked out. I was like, I go, oh, no. And he looked dream with a straight face, looks at me. He goes, do you want to tell him or you want me to tell him? And I go, I go dream. I can't tell him this, man. I was like, I just, I just texted about three hours ago. What he wanted us to talk about. And so he's like, oh, I'll tell him. So, uh, so that's how it all formulated. Then eventually Tito went on to go tag with Primo and, you know, they did their things with the lost matadors. Shaw kind of wanted to go her own direction. I ended up actually getting injured uh, that year. Um, I broke my back. So I had to sit out for about 10 months. So Tom took this thing by, you know, basically himself and ran with it. Um, and they just, you know, Dream had such a, as you know, a great vision of things and right. is just such a genius and so brilliant. And he had Tom come out with lights and stuff. And, and uh, so then, 
Um, when I came back then, it just worked. It, it, it vibed and it went really good. And, and I think a lot of it was based off of that. He was like my little brother. You know, the day I got rehired by WWE, I met him in Pittsburgh to actually pick him up to get into the rental car to take him to the doctors um, to take our physicals as well. So I had met him back in 2010. Um, so we had a lot of time to build a, you know, a great rapport and he would always come over and it just, you know, it just, uh, turned into a brotherhood and that's how that version formulated. And then of course, Hunter saw that at the time. And then he really, um, he really took to it and then he wanted to put his hands onto it as well. And so, you know, once you've got dream and Hunter in your corner, um, that's, you know, it's kind of hard to fail at that point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, back up for a second. You said you've gotten let go by WWE? Yeah. Well, no, I, I actually know. So 2000, no, I, got, I came back in 2010. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2007, I ended up asking for my release. So I took about a two and a half, three year hiatus. What'd you do? Just hang out. Uh, be miserable. Yeah, that's good. I could picture you doing that. That's awesome. Hate <laughs> you know, myself, you know. <laughs> and then uh, they hire you back. Right. Uh, so then all this stuff happens. That's very, very cool. How come I didn't remember you getting uh, asking for your release? And this was while you gotten hurt or? No. So uh, I asked for my release back in 2007. This would have been the very beginning stages of FCW when I was, uh, they were, they were putting me out on the road. Um, and I just, I had some issues I needed to work through, which, um, I needed to step away, mm -hmm. uh, for my personal well being, And it, it was just, it was just a move I needed to make for myself. And then, you know, it was one of those things where uh didn't know if I was going to be able to come back or not. Had no clue. Um, but I do remember, and I will say this, that John Laurinaitis did tell me. He goes, when your head starts going below water, you give me a call. And that is exactly what I did. And within 10 minutes of an email, he got right back to me, which was insane. So Shout out to Mr. Laurinaitis. Um, yeah. And that's cool. And also you got hurt and WWE continues to pay yeah. For you. So yes, very, very blessed um for the whole WWE and the system. And what I also tell everybody, man, you became a better worker being in that system. Um, as well as like your TV ready being a part of NXT and whether they used you uh or didn't use you, but like you've become a you became a better worker, but you became a great worker in the whole with the ascension because I mean you guys were on the rise there was like so much buzz about you from your killer matches that you were having in nxt yeah yeah and then there was a bit that there was a point where when we really started getting steam <clears throat> would have been when vic came in and and that was uh that would have been 2000 mid 2013 uh beginning of 2014 i want to say and you know vic is a workhorse um, and so, you know, I, I think when we were doing the lights and all this stuff, uh, Hunter had this vision of, uh, making us more grittier, you know, you know, his style, it was mm -hmm. just making it more raw. And so, um, that's when the heavy metal started coming into play, the chains and, you know, um, and that was more us anyways, because that's kind of, you know, that's the music we listen to. That's kind of how we rock out and that's just the way we work. And so Hunter was essentially letting us just do what we do. Uh, now you get called up to the main roster and you kind of had then like more of a demolition vibe. 
Right. Your choice? Yeah. Or? No, that would have been the creative department. Um, and, you know, and so even it's, you know, there's so many people have mixed emotions about it uh, when we talk about it. But, you know, I, when I look at it, I always think about how grateful I was for that because the way, the way I try to look at it is, you know, I got to be in the ring with some really, really talented, incredible human beings. Um, when you get to go in there and stand across from Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, you know, DX and, you know, then you got Bradshaw and Farouk, like it's, I mean, and to know that the company trusts us with them. And that was the biggest thing for me. I never looked at it as like, oh, they're kicking our asses in the ring, this and that. I mean, we're heels. That's what's supposed to happen, number one. Um, number two, I, I was prideful with that because that was the company saying, we trust you with these guys to do the best job that we know you can do with them. And that's the way I've always looked at it with that approach. And, you know, um, and it was different. It was, it wasn't what we wanted to do, but we did the best that we could with what was given to us. And you were there. I mean, you were on the the main roster for a while too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, uh, it would have been five years, 2020, 2015 to 2020. Nice. So, yeah. So essentially Tommy, you hired me in 05, you know, and you gave yeah, me a pretty no. long run. <laughs> How about 10 years later, Tommy Dreamer comes back to the WWE to feud with the Wyatts, walk into a live event. There you are. <laughs> You're back. <laughs> and uh, so then you get you let go. Do you have a favorite moment about WWE? Oh, man. Man, I love being on the road. I love being with... Uh, uh, I love traveling with Rhino and Heath, um, especially with Rhino because he's got these weird finicky ways about himself, and yeah, he's crazy. And he just entertains me just to mm -hmm. watch. Him. Um, I, you know, I, I love the boys, man. Like the all the, the boys locker room, being around it. Yeah, they just they were so awesome, man. And. And it made it so worth it. I love the live events. I love watching Arn sit there and, you know, people walk up to him and say, you know, what did you think about my match? And you could see Arn, you know, just do Arnisms where <laughs> Arn's seen everything but the wind, you know? It's, yeah. it's <laughs> so there's just so much that uh, when I look back, I, I'm so grateful for it. And I, I did, you know, I will say this. There was there was a part when everything kind of went stale for us for a while. The fashion files turned into a lot of fun. Um, and I was really digging the fashion files. Matter of fact, I think I got a little too into it. Um, but I think when we were doing the fashion files thing there and it was catching it was catching some buzz um, and it was we were just getting to do what we wanted to do. And it was it was great, Tommy, because like everyone loved it right the writers road dog we'd all sit there and we'd all this is going to be so great we'd all watch vince to see what vince was going to do if he was going to pop to it and vince would be like all the boys would stop and they'd all look at him and the writers would look at him and he's like i don't get it <laughs> <laughs> damn it yeah he didn't get it so uh and I, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think the fact that he didn't get it made it even better for me because I was like, this is great, man. <laughs> this is the best part. <laughs> so, but yeah. I know uh, Robert Evans had told me about, a lot about that with the fashion police. And he was, you know, oh. in WWE during that time. And he would love it and he would spend time producing it as well. And then all of a sudden, like the Vince approval, he'd be like, what is this? <laughs> but everybody, everybody else likes it. Yes. Yes, and everybody would laugh, and then once Vince didn't get it, everybody would stop. But it wasn't so funny no more. <laughs> but I laughed all the way to the bank. I thought it was great. I was but like, then it yeah. also did good ratings and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah that yeah. helps you uh, circumnavigate the world. All right. So then, finally, you're gone from WWE. You're out there on the indies doing uh, your stuff. You and your partner, as well as you solos. And then, uh, lo and behold, you and I 
meet up on a random rhino show. Uh, and with your other son. Yep. Me and Dylan, of course, rooming <laughs> with each other, me and Hornswoggle. And, uh, like we, you pull me aside. We have an awesome moment. We don't need to share everybody with our awesome moment, yeah. but you said, Hey, I wanted to say something to you. And I would just, uh, I didn't have the opportunity to, when you were came back with the Wyatts, we were on the road together, but like, I didn't, uh, I, I just want to get some stuff off my chest and it was all very, very complimentary and very, very cool. Um, but then I was just like, man, he moves really, really good. He's still in great shape. And that's when I go and I, I was like, man, I totally forgotten about you. And I was like, I want Scott to more cause you're so big and you're moving so good. Like somebody we could use an impact. And this, the first time you go and meet Scott, I remember we're in the kitchen and I introduce you, you have a nice little, introduction you go about your your way and then at the end scott's like man he's in still in good he's in good shape that's number one and i was just like yeah he is and then uh he's like yeah he moves really really well and it's like man he's so big but for a big guy he moves really really well cool that's the end of how that goes and then we're looking for somebody for josh alexander dreamer gives you the phone call again Say, hey man, we're gonna do Best this, this, and this. <laughs> Best phone call ever. You you sat there and you said, Hey man, we might uh I got something for you. We're gonna be in town. You might like it, you might not. <laughs> and I was like, Hell yeah, Tommy, let's do it, man. Let's let's do it. You have and, a good uh, showing. Here, here's the best part, and I think everybody who listens to this as well as you know, if you're a wrestler. He was to come in and put over Josh Alexander real quickly. And I was like, hey, man, this is what they're offering. The next day you'll have a match. It'll be a more of a competitive match. But this is kind of like a tryout for you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, cool, I'll do it. Went out there, did his job to the best of his ability. Uh, it worked. And the next day had a uh, equally as good match and then got him on the radar of the company that he's currently employed with. And it was like, we don't have anything right now, but I'm like, I'm telling you, I know we will have something. Cause again, like you impress the boss with your work, your professionalism, uh, just, you know, being you. And then lo and behold, uh, Eric young, uh, leaves and we're like, Hey man, we want to do a tag team. What about Don? And again, Scott's like, he's in great shape. He moves great. He had did great business for us. Let's bring him in. And I don't know how long in between. I want to say four to six months. That's about right. Yeah. And then, hey, not only do we want to give you this opportunity, but we want to hire you again. So I got to hire you again. I get to hang out with you. And uh, very, very blessed that I do. And you did. I mean, you also like, and I kept telling you like, hey, man, this place is different. And you even have like your moments of like, it was early I kind of view it like as a, as a battered dog where a dog sometimes like when you're like, get over here. And the dog quickly like whimpers his head down. You're like, no, I love you. I'm, I'm trying to hug you, but like, Hey, we're doing this, but we're going to get to here or, Hey, we're going to be pushing you. And you're like, Hmm, this is all new conversation to me. I don't know how to feel. I'm waiting for the rug to be pulled out, yeah. <laughs> but that's how we are in impact. It's a much yeah. different. I mean, for you, it's an awesome locker room. It's a great vibe. Like you said, hanging out with the boys, you know, even when you bring your beautiful wife and your son to the shows, everyone's like welcoming and dearing. And it's just, it's very, very cool. Cause this is all our dreams. And like, I always go out of my way to make a locker room better because that's how it should be. Like, you know, it, this is what we all set out with that same goal to do. And we're doing it and having fun doing it. That's what wrestling should be. Right. I, I agree. Like, that's the one thing that, you know, it's so funny uh, that you even say, you know, you talk about that locker room because I'll never forget that night, even driving back, um, you know, to go out there and, you know, to, to, you know, to do the quick job to Josh, which was great. Cause I, Josh is so awesome, you know, um, and then you get to work with Eddie uh, the following night and just to be able to put in 15, 13 to 15 minutes. But I remember going back and telling my wife how excited I was with the, with everything that happened. And I said, there's something special about this locker room. 
I said, I can't quite put my hands on. I said, but it feels like home. And that's the best way I can put it. Uh, and she was like, oh, okay. You know, and then I took her there. And then it was like the same feeling that she had. She was just like, like, my goodness, like, this is, this is how it should feel. This is amazing. And, you know, fast forward and it's like that's just the way you want to keep it and you know you get to bring your son who gets to actually see what you do and you know and it's it is it's family oriented and you know a lot of that too you know it comes from you know guys like you that allow that you know uh scott that allows that 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 you know loves that that brings that family feeling in and you know it's uh for me, man, that's at this stage in my life too, that's so much, that's so important to me. And to be around, not just around people that I love and enjoy being around, but to be able to bring my family into that sanctuary is like, it's, you can't put money on that. Yeah. I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and you've had a great run and I continue, uh, for bigger and better things for you. Uh, I also know we're pressed for time. Uh, just because you want to get to your beautiful family. Uh, side note, he is married to uh, my other hire, Chrissy Vane, who I have to should have on as well. Um, and then so my wrestling son and my wrestling daughter got married and had a child. A little weird, but welcome to pro wrestling. <laughs> Both consider me their wrestling dad, but yet they got married and had a kid together. So it's weird. Um Oh geez. What was her name in WWE for her big one day run? I forgot. They didn't even they they didn't even give her a name. Oh, I it can't was wait. we got to interview her. Don't give yeah. Her remember she debuted against Tori Wilson though. Yeah, yeah. And she was supposed to be like a Tory stalker and a lot of other yeah. stuff. Yeah, but that's her story to tell, not yours. And I also right. have a story to tell with her. But that's how my wheels are keep on working and keep me motivated. Um. More importantly, you uh, you're doing your first ever, and I love it because you're the best slash worst uh, business person. You're like, hey, I don't want to bother you, but I would like to book you for a show. And so, but the bigger part is like, I don't even know this. There's a charity connected to all this, so please tell us about the show that's coming up. Yeah, it's uh, June seventeenth. It's uh, Classic Combat. It's my first ever show that I'm promoting. Um, and we are doing it with Classic Casino um, and uh, Connected Warriors. Um, so I ended up building a relationship with the the founder slash CEO or whichever, you know, uh, with the, her name's Judy Weaver and um, built with building this relationship with her and, and a couple other people. Um, I really strongly believe in this charity. And I thought, you know, what the hell, you know, if, if I'm going to you know, uh, try to do my first show, do something that I believe in. And, and within doing something like that, I want to bring in a team of people that, that have impacted me or people that I love or something that's completely heart centered. Um, so yeah, so June 17th, that will take place at classic casino. The, the doors will open at six and, um, I'm going to make sure to post all that on my social media as well. They can go to uh, www.connectedwarriors.org um, if they want to check it out. There's also donation sites there as well that they can check out. Um, anything, every little thing helps. Um, and, it, and a lot of it's, you know, it's um, a lot of it helps with uh, a lot of our wounded veterans, um, which I'm a firm believer in too, with things like that coming from. I've got military in my family. So, um, but yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the gist of it. I don't want to take up too much time with that, but um, I'm going to make sure to have that up on my social media. I'm constantly, constantly. And your social media is? Big underscore con one. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Both. Yep. Okay. Look for the verifications. And this is a big show. Uh, Cody Diener, Jimmy Jacobs, your wife, uh, Camille, Tatanka, uh, Eric Rowan, yourself, Latimer, uh, Hotch, and a whole lot more. And more importantly, Tommy Dreamer will be on the show. There and now go. let me give you a piece of uh, Tommy Dreamer history. Do you know that I had uh, a place in Hollywood, Florida, 
And that's where this place is. And that's where in Hollywood, Florida, I decided I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I saw one Dusty Rhodes uh, wrestle at the Hollywood Sportatorium that is no longer there. And which means I will probably get a rental car again, like I've done before, and drive to the old arena and just stand there, maybe start to cry because that's what I do. And uh, because I remember after watching him wrestle, I turned and I was just like to my father, this is what I have to do in my life. And it was in Hollywood, Florida. And now I'll be returning. Right oh, wow. That is so happens. cool. That, that's you a think it was New York, Philly? Nope. Hollywood, Florida. Wow. I would have thought the Northeast too. Wow. So now you know that I'm going to be coming in that Friday too. And that might mean that, you know, I we'll may go together want... and just cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I bought my first ever eight by 10, bought my first ever wrestling shirt. And seriously, on the ride home, I told my dad, that's what I have to do. This is what I'm going to do in my life. And I was the biggest dusty roads. He got me back into wrestling and it was just, it took off for me. And then, like I said, like, Here's our little connection. You know, I meet you through ECW, through a connection, and then Dusty Rhodes becomes like your guy. Dusty was my guy. And just it's a beautiful kind of like uh, exclamation right? point on a story of life. Wow. I never knew that. That yeah, that really messed me up. Dusty <laughs> and uh, Bugsy McGraw versus Ivan Koloff and Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch just turned and joined Russia, dude. What the hell was he thinking? What, that doesn't what that yeah, what's up with that? Stupid <laughs> stupid man. But the American dream won. So uh yeah, no, I was mesmerized and it all went down in one Hollywood, Florida. Um wow. Anyway, uh thank you for coming on and hope for everyone comes out to this event, uh, especially if donate to the charity or be a part of it. Just have fun, but also like I said, I love being around you. I love, uh, love your life story because I've kind of been intertwined in it for a long, long time. And it's very, very cool. Um, that's it. You got anything else you want to talk about or no? No, I just love you. I can't. I you. <laughs> well, that's it. He, the yeah. big man loves me. That's all I good. He's my favorite bear. I hug him. His gross chest hair touches my face and uh, he's gross, but I love him. Uh, anyway, that is this week's House of Hardcore podcast with the one and only Khan. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.